where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello, and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, each year's podcast. I'm James. And I'm John. Today we're discussing the episode Behind Every Great Man, aired on the 21st of February, 1985. It's a Ken and Dave classic, directed by James Burroughs. James Burroughs? Newcomer, maybe. Yeah, I've never heard that name before. But yeah, Ken Levine, David Isaacs, Ken and Dave. Like Chaz and Dave, but completely different. (laughs) Only similarity, one of them is called Dave, but prefers to go by David. So it's, it's, it's irrelevant. Yeah. Hitting the tangents early. I like it, James. Uh, this episode, Behind Every Great Man, it's a good episode. It's episode 19 of series three. It's what I'd call, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's a classic cheers. A guest character comes yeah, in, it's, stirs it up a little bit. Interesting outcome. In fact, plot of the episode, the main episode, is Sam tries to woo Paula Nelson, a magazine reporter. Diane suspects something else when he asks her for cultural knowledge. Meanwhile. Cliff gets a taste of Norm's lifestyle, which, yeah, as you said, very apt Cheers episode. Mm. If someone said, describe a Cheers episode or pitch a Cheers episode, there you go. Uh, we know what we're in for. Classic Cheers. So let's, let's kick it off with a classic called Open, as we can imagine. Norm asks for a second drink. Ooh, dangerous territory. Kegs are out. The keg's dry. It's action stations, red alert. The keg is dry. There's almost like a siren goes off. Everyone goes into sort of mourning. They hum taps, you know, like the funeral march type thing, Mm. and then say, the keg is dead. Long live the keg. (laughs) And then when the new keg is rolled in, they they start humming hail to the chief. And it's a great scene. Nami, Nami, you okay? Oh, Cliffy, I I swore it wouldn't get to me this time. I was expecting Cliff to go, Hey Sam, we're doing good for our country. (laughs) It made him sound a bit like JFK there. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) But it throws us into the, uh, the main episode quite nicely in terms of it sets up a very typical scenario in Cheers. As you mentioned earlier, the reporter, Paula Nelson, comes into and she brings a new dynamic, especially for Cliff and Norm at the beginning. They're all a bit nervous and, you know, she comes in and goes, hey, is this a good singles bar? And Cliff, you know, does his, you know, smooth, silver-tongued ways of, uh, um, 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 and this is something we've only seen very briefly before. Silver-tongued Cliff, back in action. <laughs> there was a great line from Cliff, though. After she goes to, you know, talk to other people. Real smooth, Cliffy. Yeah. <clears throat> Just a good thing she identified herself as a reporter, huh? Otherwise, she would be Dr. Feelgood's next patient. <laughs> Cliff, just how long did it take for you to create this little world you live in? And the reason I bring this up, one, it's a bit, it's a bit sleazy. It's funny because it's coming from Cliff, you know, who doesn't have much success. There's irony there. Haha. <laughs> but... Reason I bring it up is Dr. Feelgood is a band fronted by Wilco Johnson, and one of their hit songs is Milk and Alcohol, which I feel is a relevant song to the setting of Cheers. Milk and Alcohol? That's all. I feel like Milk and Alcohol. Is Dr. Feelgood the saxophone player in the Muppets? Am I making that up? 
Let, let, we'll just brush past that. Dr. Teeth. Ah, Dr. Teeth. As close. Both doctors. Paul and Nielsen <laughs> yeah, comes no. <laughs> no. After Paul and Nielsen has sort of failed conversations and interviews with uh, Cliff and Norm, Carla tells her, you know, if you want to get a good quote for your article on singles, you should talk to the owner of the bar, Sam. You know, he's all about it. So she begins talking to Sam and Sam hits her with a lot of sleazy pickup lines. <laughs> and she goes, this interview is over. And Sam goes, whoa, hey, those were just examples of bad pickup lines. I wasn't trying to hit on you. Come on. But through his sort of persistence, I guess, they do begin to hit off a bit. I think it's a good time to talk about the cast. Yeah, that's good for him. Al. Uh, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Al. Al Rosen. He's in it. Al Rosen is Al. Gotta start with Al. Kelsey Grammer is uncredited as Dr. Fraser Crane. Alison LaPlaca appears as Paula Nelson. She also appeared in Family Ties, Fletch, Brothers, Duet, and its spin-off Open House, which also starred her husband and Ellen DeGeneres. In Friends, she played the recurring role of Joanna. She was also in ER, Desperate Housewives, and Boston Legal, to name a few. I didn't know she was in Friends. I do, I do recognise the character now, though. And you've said Al, and Larry Harple as Larry. I mentioned briefly there that Alison Placker uh, played alongside her husband. Her husband is a former Cheers guest star. Who's that? Charles McKenzie. Uh, they were in Coach's Daughter, season one, episode five. It's Roy. Roy the pig. Now, McKenzie and Placker first met on the TV show Brothers, in which he starred, and they have been married since 1992, which is nice. It's interesting that that said, uh, because Coach is, Coach is not in this episode, sadly, but he is at a family reunion in Ohio, which he was invited to by mistake, <laughs> and he went because he didn't want to hurt their feelings. Now I say that because it's sort of related to Alison LaPlaca and Philip Charles McKenzie both being in Cheers at different times. You know, we're seeing parts of that family throughout. In this episode, as we talked about, Sam and Paula hit it off a bit, but Sam has to keep sort of making excuses that his behaviour is an example of bad dating. The kind of behaviour that he sees in the bar. Yes. Yeah. And he realises that he needs to start trying to impress Paula a bit and uses Diane in order to help him learn a bit so that he can impress her. So he starts asking Diane questions about various pieces of art and all this kind of stuff to make himself a bit more culturally aware. One of my favourites being, now this Rubens guy, is that the same guy who made the sandwich? Diane thinks all of this interest is to try and get her back. And Frasier sees this as well and warns her of it kind of thing. Yes. And I think it's the first time when we've seen Frasier uncomfortable about Sam and Diane's relationship. Frasier's going, Sam, I'm the smart one. What are you doing with all this cultural knowledge? Stay in your lane, Sam. You're the you're the sleazy baseball guy. I'm I'm the smart cultural guy. That's our that's our thing, Sam. Fraser's off to a convention again, right? Yes, they they're having a tiff, I suppose, because Fraser's got to go to another convention. And Diane goes, "Why well, must you go to all these conventions and things?" And Fraser's going, "It's my job." <laughs> but they've always got <laughs> goofy names. They've always got goofy names. That's that's why it does silly. What's the name of this one? I can't remember. I hope it's not a question later, James. <laughs> I hope it's brains. What do they do? <laughs> that, no, that that's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> what does happen though is Diane becomes a bit sort of excited about Sam's interest again. Or you know what it could be called? That thinking feeling. Okay, I'll take that. That's a good one. <laughs> we'll cut out the previous one. No, I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> 
that thinking feeling, potentially the, the conference that he goes to, Diane's taken aback by the new interest Sam's been showing her, unaware that it's for another woman. And Sam's going to go away for the weekend. Diane overhears him booking the place. He overhears talking to Carla about how he's trying to get more attention because he needs to impress this woman kind of thing. And it all comes to head when Sam realises he's going to be gone for the weekend and needs someone's 10 bar. And the only person available is Diane, who's had a bad experience last time. And they have a conversation where they both are taking a different meaning from it. It's going to be pretty tough to ask you, actually. Sam, Um, if it makes it any easier, I know what you're going to ask. You do? Yes. I overheard your conversation. Perhaps I shouldn't have, but I couldn't help it. You're going to ask about this weekend, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, listen, I know the first time we tried this, it didn't turn out too hot. (laughs) Well, I'm going to take full responsibility for that. Well, I'm sure that... I was at fault, too. Well, whatever, whatever. I I think the important thing is that it'll be better this time. Now you know where everything is. (laughs) I suppose that's true. Yeah, Yeah, I'll tell you what. um, If you you like this weekend, maybe we could talk about making it permanent. What do you say? Permanent? Is that what you want, Sam? (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm not making any promises here. Let, uh, let's just see how, see how the weekend goes, okay? Is, uh, is tomorrow three okay? Because I already made reservations. I know, I'm... Sam, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed. Oh, come on, you don't have to be nervous. Listen, after your first couple of drinks, you'll relax, get into it, and I think you'll actually enjoy it. <laughs> does seem to help. Yeah. Oh, Sam. Why, why, why? Well, everything's going so fast. I, my mind is a tumult. I, I feel like we're on a runaway train. Where will it end? I, I've, I've got to think about this. I'm sorry. Boy, you really are taking this seriously. Hey, listen, don't worry. If you, if you break anything, I'm fully insured. <laughs> It's stellar writing here from Levine and Isaacs and a perfect example of what Cheers can do so well. In particular, the writing of Levine and Isaacs, I think what they excel in particularly well, you know, they've worked on many shows, MASH included, is this misunderstanding between characters, crafting a whole scene around it and having, Mm -hmm. you know, double entendres and things. And it works very well because everything that's said by both people could mean either thing, yeah. And I think one of the the things as well is it it kind of gives some closure to Diane from what's happened in season one and season two and some of season three as well. Inadvertently, Sam says that he takes full blame for things and he says everything right that he should have said or could have said uh, to make things better. But obviously it's about tending bar. Yeah. And after this conversation, we, we cut to the weekend in question and Diane and Paula arrive at Cheers, both ready for a weekend away in their weekend both bags. in their luggage, fancy clothes. Yeah, and they're both excited and they both yep. have some general chit-chat. Surprisingly open chit-chat, but Diane says something very apt about it. She says, I know I may be making the biggest mistake of my life. I'm seeing an eminent psychiatrist now. Paula replies, so am I. Is it helping you? Diane then goes on to say, 
I've given all of that up to rekindle a mostly physical relationship whose only appeal may be its danger. Ooh. I think this kind of highlights how sort of maybe demoralizing and upsetting the realization is when Sam comes in and goes straight to Paula. And uh, he goes, well, why have you got your bags, Diane? And John's like, they're, they're not my bags. Yeah, they're this guy's. And I'm there going. And it's Al. Al says he's had the, it was the best experience of his last since like the 1950s or something. Rummaging through Diane's. Rummaging through. <laughs> and that's the ending of the episode. Uh, Classic Al. She slaps his hands and, and goes, don't you go through my luggage. And he goes, it'll never happen again. <laughs> he's had to paint. <laughs> Don't hurt me, Diane. <laughs> Please. Uh, you know, I found, I found that an enjoyable end. That's the trivia bell. And you know what that means, James? It means we've got questions. We've got a lovely one to kickstart, if you like. In this episode, Cliff and uh, Norm go for a lovely meal at the Hungry Heifer. But what did Norm and Cliff eat? Is it Beth? Yes, a lovely, lovely Beth, yeah. Like discounted beef, which is like $4 a, a steak, I think. But Norm has something different. Norm has the lobster, Which sounds horrendous. When uh, Sam asks Norm, what do you want, Norm? As in like a drinks request. What does Norm say? Seven, enough beer to drown in or something like that? No, he says a reason to live. Keep him coming. Well, well and then the keg runs dry. No, this is This is after that. We talked about Frasier and the seminar he went to, and it's the first line of the episode, so a perfect entrance for Frasier. What is the first line Frasier says in the episode? Oh, uh, I don't know, James. He walks in and says proudly, Well, Diane, I'm off to the fetish seminar. Yeah, I don't think we would have guessed that. <laughs> yeah, I could see why Diane's a bit hesitant. Classic <laughs> Frasier. I'm, I'm just going to learn about fetishes, Diane. Whoa, why is that a problem? Stop giving me that look. Another question here. How does Sam describe Cezanne's paintings? Is that like, uh, like someone ate a load of flowers and threw up? Probably closer than you think. Eh? It's uh, like he was goofed on skunk weed. <laughs> uh, do you know Class- what? Forget the Beth. We've got a new, <laughs> new special. <laughs> skunk weed? C- Cezanne's skunk weed. Sounds good to me. Eat some flowers and throw them up. <laughs> Just like, you ever seen a cat eat a daffodil? No. <laughs> Speaking of food and how specials and things that make you throw up, what couldn't Norm resist at the Hungry Heifer? Loopster? No, it was the muscles. He's a big burly waiter, makes you shut up and eat. I'm picturing Jean-Claude Van Damme as like a head waiter at the Hungry Heifer. Yeah, the muscles from Brussels eat the Beth. Or do you want the Loopster? Not neither. Ah, uh, you'll have the fish. Uh. <laughs> There's the last orders, James. I think we, we may be having the Cezanne's skunkweed, but... I'm torn. You want the best. I, I think lobster is risky. Seafood, you know, uh, well, when it's... I, I'm doubtful that the lobster is actually uh, seafood. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, I think... Ooh, I know. You could have Beth and a side of skunkweed as a nice salad. Okay. <laughs> what, what what should we uh, dine to then? This has been an episode about, I suppose, new relationships, rekindling yeah, relationships. There were aspects of tradition. Do you know what? I'm going to toast to the keg. Long live the keg. Long live the keg. Cheers, James. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. The Cheers, podcast. Cheers.